Welcome to The Conversation. This is Christy. And hi, I'm Gretchen. This is Conversations to Connect. You're listening to episode 28, where we will be getting real about anxiety and burnout. So here we are after a crazy few months. of <laughs> Two months hiatus, unplanned. It was longer than last year's unplanned hiatus, like the previous year's unplanned hiatus. I agree. And I think that this is the perfect topic to come back to because it was all of the things. <laughs> it was like, this year, I'm not going to do this to myself. I guess what happened? So as we were talking about anxiety and our anxious reactions, I thought that it was a good idea to look at, you know, how are we managing all of the things that we have to do in our life? Because it's very easy these days to get burnt out. Yeah. And that clients that I see, we have to take some inventory in just what does your typical day look like? What Mm -hmm. does your week look like? What are the things that are happening? And are you trying to do 10 things when you have time for three? Because I think a lot of times people are like, oh, I'm anxious, but it might just be a lifestyle thing change that being might need really to happen. Being really busy mm-hmm. or being overwhelmed. Yeah. Well, and in the last podcast, you know, we talked a lot about the differences between like a clinical diagnosis for, you know, like a generalized anxiety disorder or maybe a more specific different type of anxiety and also how everyone throughout their lives is going to experience aspects of that and some Mm -hmm. ways that we might feel, oh, our anxiety is getting out of control. Mm -hmm. And when our anxiety gets out of control and we aren't able to interrupt that, Mm -hmm. it almost always leads to burnout and leads to us being exhausted to having to having breakdowns, Mm -hmm. you know, whether that's emotional breakdowns or mental breakdowns or whatever. And so we wanted to talk about, are you experiencing anxiety and what kind of anxiety mm-hmm. and how might that be leading to burnout and what can we do to better manage our day-to-day lives in order to not burn out? Cause we're always going to have to deal with anxiety. Absolutely. We're always going to have to deal mm-hmm. with stress, but well, we don't want it to get to burnout. If you do have a clinical diagnosis of anxiety, you want to be extra cautious about yes. the things that you're taking on and and um, how you're protecting yourself and your time 100%. and your energy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you watch This Is Us? Yes, I have <laughs> Did you not watch it this week. No, oh. don't talk to me about it because here's the thing: <laughs> I can't watch tv anymore where i have to wait week to week so i have to binge the episodes okay. so i actually wait until the entire season's available on hulu and then, <laughs> and then i just watch it all it's in the span so of a couple of good, days and it's so relatable can you please but, close your ears so i can talk no, to the audience but you can talk about previous times when they have been very okay. on point okay. with just don't give away anything i won't give it away okay, okay. so let's talk but about like we, randall because we all know randall has serious anxiety and we've seen him have panic attacks right. and so recently he's had a panic attack. Oh, another so, one. So, okay. yes. And I really like how the writers, I mean, they do such a great job with so they many really different storylines and I'm crying all the time <laughs> watching it. But um, yeah, very relatable. So I think historically too, if you look at the series, you can see that it's coming. Yeah. You can see like when he was um, an executive and just taking on so yep. much that like the breakdown happens. Well, what they were kind of like showing and and talking about this time was uh the need to have some therapy and he was like no i'm good i run like i'm a runner right i do all this stuff and we were talking about too just the benefit of having an outside person looking at the things that you're doing because there are a lot of areas where you're like hmm i mean there was one in particular where he kind of takes a back seat and they show when he was like really small that his dad was like listen the other two are you know they drive me crazy. I need you not to have 
issues. Problems. So it was like, yeah. okay, shut down my needs, focus on the other right. ones. And in this episode, he was reaching out and one of the siblings was like, oh, good. I wanted to talk to you about. And then it just turns into his thing. So be mindful about who you're talking to. Yes. Like a therapist is somebody who isn't going to, to make your session about them. Hopefully. And if they are, find a different therapist. Yes, exactly. Because no one's perfect. Right, right, right. <laughs> but yes, keep and, going. And knowing people, the people that can give you what you need. Because, I mean, clearly, if he had reached out and talked to somebody who was like, okay, let's come up with some solutions about some things that might be able to get you out of this space. Yeah. Rather than a shut down my emotions because the more we've talked about all the time in previous episodes, the more that these things pile up and really it's a lot of people who don't want to bother other people with their problems. Yeah. mm -hmm. It feels burdensome. I think for a lot of us Mm -hmm. to go to somebody else and talk about myself. Yeah. It feels burdensome. It might feel very selfish. And that really goes back to when we had talked about the podcast on boundaries, Mm -hmm. about how we have to let other people take care of themselves Mm -hmm. and not take on the responsibility that I have to manage everyone else around me. Sure. Because that also creates a lot of anxiety. Not only do I have to take care of myself, but I have to take care of you and my kids Mm -hmm. or my spouse or my coworkers or the people that work underneath me or whatever it might be. And when we start taking on more and more and more, you're going to feel obviously so much more pressure mm-hmm. you're going to lead yourself to burnout and you're going you're going to constantly feel like you're losing yeah. because we can't take care of other people in that way in the way that they need we can't know what people need we can't read minds mm-hmm. and if we do what we think they need more often than not we're getting it wrong yeah totally i have another confession i give unsolicited advice to cashiers a lot of the time <laughs> This one in particular, really, because I feel like when, when somebody makes a comment to me and I can just like maybe give a little bit of an, but this woman, I was, I was purchasing a book on meditation and mindfulness and she questioned it. So she said, you know, as a, a teacher, like, what would your one thing be? And I was talking about like the four, seven, eight breath. And I was like, you can use that, you know, when customers are pissing you off and like, they don't even know that you're doing it. Just practice. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, I, I take on so much from my family and all of my workers and it becomes a therapy session. But she said, um, but I'm good. Like, I'm strong. I can handle it. And almost like a badge of honor. Right. Like, I can shut down my needs because mm-hmm. I have to or I've learned to. And, you know, that just kind of breaks my heart. And I said to her, it's OK yeah. <laughs> not to. And Well, and it's a different kind of strength. And I think uh, yes, that's yes, the thing is, is like hearing that what I hear is I'm strong because I don't have to use my emotions or I'm able to push my emotions down. And if I need to reach out, if I need to ask for help, that must mean I'm not strong. That must mean I'm weak. They're not opposites, people. Mm-hmm. They're different parts of the strength spectrum if well, you will. self-awareness, the yes. strength of knowing what you need yeah. and honoring yourself giving yourself the permission to do it and finding the balance that works for you because yes there are times when i need to be strong in putting my emotions to the side because i need to be present for someone else Mm -hmm. that happens as a therapist that happens as a parent that happens as a friend as a sibling as a whatever but then there are also times when i need to be strong and say i'm overwhelmed i've taken on too much i need support i need help Mm -hmm. and those are things that are extremely hard to do. And they're hard to do because they take a lot of strength. If Mm -hmm. it was easy, 
it would be a weakness mm-hmm. because it would just be so easy to do. Right. Um, and so I think realizing that it's not, they're not opposites. Yeah. It's not like I'm strong because I can hold things in and I don't need anybody else and I'm weak if I need other people. It's like, no, I'm strong if I can do this, but I'm also strong if I can do that. Yes, yes. Well, and you do the things better when you're not under so much pressure. So this is, yeah. I'm totally guilty of this, of that taking on too much. Mm-hmm. And I've learned through my own work to step back and write down a list of everything that's happening right now. And if you can be honest with yourself about what the where those priorities lie, most things don't need to happen within that day. No. Right? And no. I mean, within that five minutes, definitely not. Yeah. Well, and I think like when we start to think about the types of people who create a lot of anxiety for themselves and who are likely to burn out, I am like the perfect model of that. (laughs) Um, Because a lot of those people are perfectionists. Um, They're control freaks. They have a type A personality. That's me. Mm -hmm. Or they might be like a pessimist. They might not see Mm -hmm. things as ever going to be better. I don't necessarily identify like that, but three out of four, hmm, that's that's pretty big. (laughs) So part of what you're saying too is it's not only just reducing the number of stuff that we do, but realizing that there is no perfection in life. Yeah. And so I might only have two things on my list, but they I still might be feeling overwhelmed and stressed because if I don't do them perfectly or if they're not done in the exact way that I wanted them to be done, ooh, <laughs> right? Like it will create anxiety. And for me, I never realized how type A <laughs> and a control freak I was until I had children. Mm. Like I knew I liked things my way, but mm-hmm. I thought like, I mean, it's fine. Like if I was at work or if I was with friends and somebody wanted to do something that I didn't want to do, I was like, sure. Yeah, it's totally fine. Cause I could go home and have complete control over my own domain. Yeah. Right. So it was easy for me to give in in small areas. Mm-hmm. But when I had children who were just like literally running amok in my home and I couldn't keep up, I couldn't keep it organized. Yeah. I couldn't keep things put away. It was constantly like, there was crap everywhere. And it was this overwhelming sense of, I don't even know, like chaos. And it was super anxiety producing. And I remember a moment when my oldest was probably like, I don't know, four or five. My youngest was like two and a half. And a friend of mine came over with her two kids she's not like this at all. She's super laid back, just like whatever. Mm -hmm. And the kids were kind of, again, like running amok. Uh And they wanted to paint. And I was like, okay, here's, um, okay, hold on. Um, okay, here's the paint. Don't mix them up. You have to clean off the brush. Let me get you a thing of water. Oh, if you put it in the water, don't put it in the water and then put it in the paint. You're going to water down the paint. So let me get you a paper towel. (laughs) And then it was like, it, I was literally running around like crazy. And at one point I looked over at my friend and she was just like staring at me. And she said, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, fine. (laughs) And (laughs) it was kind of in that moment that I realized I wasn't fine. Mm -hmm. I needed to figure out how to kind of like better manage that. I don't Mm -hmm. have a lot of play dates at my house is one of the (laughs) things that I've realized because I don't have a lot of space. And because it is hard for me to do that. Well, we've talked about setting boundaries. About saying like, for me, this is not a good thing. (laughs) Or if you are going to have a friend over... How do I prepare myself? You know, mm-hmm. no, we're not going to paint. Yes. Right. When there's four kids and everybody wants to paint, we can do that another time. Right. You know, or if 
so like that kind of knowing what my boundaries are, creating structure for that so that I can step back and know it's not my responsibility to make sure that this goes smoothly or perfectly. Mm-hmm. If they mess up some paint, it's okay. It's yeah. not the end of the world. We can buy more paint. Yeah. You know, like that kind of stuff. It, but that can be really hard and it can be really difficult with kids because they just do, do, just do whatever they want to do. <laughs> you can't control them that way. No, no, not at all. And anything that's beyond your control. I think that I'm just like flashing back to work because for me, (laughs) there's just so many projects and so many fun things to do. And I want to be involved in all of it and I want to help and I want to give. And at the end of the day, like I would rather, I have a very good friend that gave me this advice, like do less things better. Yes. And I was like, oh my gosh, when I spread myself too thin, I mean, it's obvious, but like in that moment, it was like a light bulb Mm -hmm. went off and it was like, I don't have to, I can like, I get tight in my chest, like thinking about like some of the situations that I've gotten myself into because then everything comes to a head and you're not able to be in control of the things. And also be present. Right. Like in that situation that I was saying with my friend, I was not able to enjoy spending time with her. Yeah. I wasn't able to enjoy watching my kids play with her kid. Instead, I was so concerned about making sure that everything was okay and that everyone had things and that they weren't messing up the paint yes. and like just whatever that you aren't even experience. You aren't present. I'm, I was caught up in my head and not in the present moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that also we need to give people what you're talking about being with your friend or like having your kids yeah. or and with uh, friendships or whatever, it's letting people be who they are. Yeah. I think that a lot of my clients, we will be working on, oh, but this is the right way to do something. So, mm-hmm. and th- it made me think like we have policies and procedures and rules and manuals and those things are good, but we can get to a point where we're trying to manage other people. It's too when, much. Right. And they might have a better way to do it. So in terms of management and managing um, employees, I feel like when I'm working, I I try to shift my mindset to say, here's how we've been doing things. This is a good way to go about it. But if you notice that like something might work better because some people are type A, some are not. Some people, you know, and if we step back and look at all of the relationships we have, whether they're personal or professional, we can learn a lot from saying the words, I don't know, or yes. really giving somebody an opportunity to give you another way to do it. Because yeah. for me, like, I would create anxiety and burnout over that. Like, no, this is the way to do it. And ditto. let me show you the right way. Yeah. No, like, my way is the right yeah. way. And I know what's best. And even if I, even if I think my way is what's best, it doesn't necessarily, necessarily mean that it is best. Because mm-hmm. somebody else might have a way that says... Well, I think this is the best way. And so I have also learned to do things like if someone asks for my opinion or what I would do, I'll say like, well, this is what I would do Mm -hmm. as opposed to, well, what you need to do is this is what I would do. And so sometimes it's just a shift in the language because if they then choose not to do that, it's easier for me to be like, that's okay. I didn't tell them that they had to do that. And so then they rejected it. Right. I just suggested, well, this is what I would do, but you're you, you're going to decide what you want to do. Right. So kind of like, again, adding those qualifiers Mm -hmm. on to certain language. There was also one of the things that I made a big change in when I went to grad school, I made a lot of these realizations because people were like, you're a control freak. You take 
you're, you can't take criticism mm-hmm. or feedback. Like nobody likes working with you. Everybody hates you. Go eat worms. And not really, but it felt like that. Um, and then there's me. I'm like, Gretchen, tell me what to do. I, <laughs> and I'm like, perfect. I found my perfect match. I will tell you what to do. What I would say is things again, those qualifiers, like I might be wrong, but, yeah. and here's a thing, mm-hmm. or this is what I think but I'm not sure, you know, and being open and curious. It sounds like yes. in mentally you had a shift there too, yes. of like giving some space for the other person to respond. I know. Right. Well, and asking, yeah. not even just giving them yeah. space. I, I mean, yes, giving them space because I wouldn't even expect them to respond. I mean, part of it was a mental change where I was like, Oh, you have something to say? Oh, that's a shocker. It's amazing that I'm even a therapist, people. Like, trust me, I did a lot of hard work to get to where I am today. And people will tell me now, like, you're such a good listener. And I'm like, oh, God, it's so hard. I have nothing to say. I I have to try so hard to be a good listener. This is good information, though, because I find that people people say work-life balance, work-life balance. Am I working here? I read something once that totally changed this mindset for me. It was, it's saying one's better than the other, or you have, you, you're doing your work or you're doing your home, but mm. like we are who we are in all of our environments. Yes. So more like integration. How am I integrating my personal life with my work? How much of me am I bringing to the table in whatever situation? Exactly. Yeah. And then you can give ownership to, okay, so I need to step back and say, I, I like to control things. How does that benefit me at work? How does that benefit me at home? What is getting done? So we can look at these things as strengths rather than you need to tone it down and you need to do this differently. Like celebrate yourself, but be self-aware. Yes. And I am proud to say that I feel like I have successfully transitioned from a type A to a type A (laughs) minus. Yes. Yay. <laughs> High five. Um, because it is, it is, I'm always going to be type A. I like to have things organized. Mm-hmm. I can, you ask me where something is. I can tell you exactly where I put it. I know where it is. Everything is in, in my office, is in <laughs> file folders. I know exactly where my books are. Mm-hmm. They're organized in a specific way. So I can find except things. Except when I have your books. Except when you steal my books. <laughs> and it's, it's funny because I will walk into a room and immediately know when something has oh. been moved. Like I'll go into my office and be like, that's not where my chair was. Like it's. Cr- and that's a gift. <laughs> Or a curse. (laughs) And so it is. It's like learning to kind of use those things for you and with you. And also, you know, people who are type B or who might be on the opposite spectrum of Mm -hmm. that, again, have anxiety for different reasons. So the the need and you see this a lot in relationships because I was just thinking that yeah. opposites mm-hmm. tend to attract and so and people can't realize that your brain doesn't work how the other brain, person's brain right. works so my yeah. husband mm-hmm. is a type b he's an introvert i'm an extrovert i need need to know things and to plan things in order to not be anxious and him planning and organizing (laughs) creates anxiety for him. Mm -hmm. So he likes to be very last minute, kind of like wherever the wind takes me. And I'm like, what are we doing on Saturday? And he's like, it's Monday. I'm like, exactly. What are we doing on Saturday? And he's like, I don't want to think about it and won't decide what he, if left to his own devices, will wait until maybe like Friday night or Saturday morning to decide what we're doing. See, and I get that because I'm like, "Ah, 
I don't know how I'm going to feel right then. Or a lot of times when I'm traveling, I call it fate-based traveling. Like, see oh, what happens. Oh, God, no. <laughs> see, yeah, see, you are type B. That's why we work so well together. Because oh, that makes me nauseous just I was on about. the train to my retreat in Italy, and I was talking to a guy across, and he said, well, I said, oh, I'm going to travel after. And he said to where? And I was like, not sure. Any recommendations? And the couple next to me was like, what? what? That would we, be me. We have our tickets. We have, I was like, <laughs> I Airbnb, they... The, They'll oh have my it gosh. figured out. But like to me, that's exciting. It doesn't create anxiety. But if it did, I would right. have to do something different. It absolutely creates anxiety. But also I've gotten to the point in my life where planning can also create anxiety for me because I'm mm. trying to be more balanced. Like I want yeah. things to be planned, but I've also gotten to a place where I have actually, again, moved into that A minus category where even some planning is like, I don't want to take this on. It's creating right. anxiety for me. So... <laughs> I, <laughs> but I still want to know what we're doing, and I want the plan. I want somebody else to do it for me, though. Right. <laughs> I was going to say, okay, so I need to take some of that on because when I arrive, I didn't want to have a, a commitment to a hotel or something when I arrived because I did that once before, and then I lost out because my flight like got screwed up. Yeah. So I arrived in Switzerland with no hotel and couldn't find one. <gasps> so, oh, no. Yes. So, again... <laughs> When you're traveling, especially like if you're going somewhere, like maybe it would have been a good idea for me to plan it with something that could have been canceled. Or could have been more flexible exactly. or something. So it doesn't have to be all one way or the other, but you should be like mindful about like how your own way could screw something up yeah. or like not work out for you. Well, and the benefit to the people around you who are different than you, yes. right? So yeah. like you and I have differences. My husband and I have different, like all of my friends, there are friends of mine that are the same. There are friends of mine that are very different and it's beneficial in that way. Right? Mm -hmm. Like if I don't want to plan something, I know what other type A planner friends I have and I can be like, yes. why don't you take care of that? And they will. Yes. Right. Or if there are friends that are just like, well, let's just see what happens. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm along for the ride. Let's do it. Right. right? Being able to make that decision mentally and go with it can be really freeing and can al alleviate a lot of anxiety yeah. too. And it is, it's useful if you use your partner's differences as strengths. I mean, yeah. I have a, a friend who's part of a couple, I was going to say a couple friend, but friends that are a couple. Yeah. And she doesn't mind like not planning and he is like an over planner. Mm -hmm. So she's like, I just do it. So... The main thing is communication. About if something's like getting on your nerves or you, you're you feeling that you're getting anxious or burned out, like rely on the people that are around you to help you out, but like not read your mind. When it goes back to the asking for help. Yeah. Which is hard, but important. And remember, not a weakness, a strength. <laughs> so what happens when you take on too much? Like fall, what are some of the apart. things? What are some of the things we can do? What are some of the? Oh, I was gonna say, what does it look like? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, stomach aches, physical. I mm -hmm. mean, physical stuff. Mm -hmm. Feeling some headaches. Yeah. Did you ever Tense see muscles. the Kermit meme? Of Kermit, he's like <laughs> flying all over the place, and his hands are going crazy. Yes. I often use that meme to describe myself because sometimes, like, it's just too much. Well, sometimes like, especially externally it looks like that, but also sometimes internally that's what it feels like. Even though on the outside you look totally fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially if you're in a position at work where other people depend or rely on you for yes. things, like then it feels like you're always trying to to have a hand in all of the things so like yeah. what's going on with this person what's going on with that person is this 
task being done? How do I delegate this? Like, it can be a lot. So when you're... You know that well. (laughs) Too Too well. well. Too well. That's also where boundaries come into play. Mm -hmm. Knowing what I need, knowing when to delegate or how to delegate, being okay asking for someone well, it really to do something. makes me and I mentioned this to you before like it makes me feel relief for the people that I can be honest with because yes. I like to give honest feedback and I don't like to like be thinking a thing and not be able to say it to a person but there are certain levels of anxiety to where you say Ugh, I have to give this person feedback and they're going to you have to be really mindful about how yes. you communicate things to some people right which is Oh, extra work. It is. But again, hopefully you can get to a point too. I mean, I have to sometimes do that. Well, I mean, with everybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, okay, how can I communicate this to you? So, Because that was something else that I had a hard time with was just being way too blunt and rude. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. just not nice mm-hmm. to a point. And that that doesn't make me feel good because it puts me in a negative mind space yeah. when I'm being mean or saying things that are rude. And it's we can always reframe what it is that we want to say in a way so that another person can hear it. Yes. And it, it can be more um, work on our part. But if you really want to have effective communication... That's part of it. Mm -hmm. And like part of, I think a lot of times what happens with anxiety is we're not effectively communicating. We're being misunderstood. We're being misinterpreted or withholding because we don't want to share or we're worried about what the response is going to be. So kind of everything comes back to communication. Mm -hmm. I had a flashback to like the, the anxious attachment. Yeah. Of, I mean, these are people in relationships who feel like they're not going to be heard so that why even like give my voice but there's valuable information in that if you're in a relationship where you can't maybe taking some stock in who are the people that you're surrounding yourself with are these healthy people yeah well i think a lot of it too can be set up in our history you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like if a lot of times if important people came to talk to you and every time they did it was like Randall. To let you something. Right. Not to, that he wasn't not no. her, but like he, it, they made a point of him being told, you just need to be the one to go and, you know, right. don't have this problem. Have and then one of the other kids came and had the problem and got the attention. Right. What does that say to a kid? Well, and then here's the other thing too, is the opposite of that <laughs> is the kid that is often then told, you are a problem. Yeah. Right. Or what you're doing. Like I have every time a parent comes to talk to you, every time a teacher comes to talk to you, it's because there's an issue. Mm-hmm. It can create an anxiety around a boss saying, yeah, hey, can you come to my office really quick? And you being like, oh, my God, what yeah. did I do? And them just being like, hey, I just wanted to let you know that you've been doing a really good job. And you're like, uh, uh, and it might get in the way of you being able to hear that. Uh-huh. Or if they do need to give you some constructive feedback you will catastrophize it Mm -hmm. because you've already put yourself in such an anxious mindset. Yeah. So what can we do, Christy? How do we deal with this? Let's go to mine first. (laughs) Protect your yeses. When people know that you're going to be the go-to person and they know that you're always going to say yes, you're just going to be that go-to person. I was just talking about this with (laughs) with one of my clients. Oh my gosh, every day. I know. Every day of setting boundaries with people. But I get it because that was me. And I remember like the first time I had to say no and just be like, no, I mean, like I could change these three things (laughs) and it could be a yes, but no, no. Like for me, it's really better. And then just like having people not happy. And at work, I find that too, like you can't please everybody. And sometimes like you're in relationships, business or personal that 
things are going a certain way for a certain time and one person wants them to stay like that but things are always changing you know i'm thinking in terms of just like maybe for example somebody wants to come and teach a class at the center and the class is going fine and that's well yeah well at some point we hit an impasse where i need the space for something or rather and i think in the past i would have been like Oh, well, they've just been going a lot. It's fine. We'll make it work. Right. But now it's kind of like, no, like this is what needs to happen. And having those conversations with people are much easier for me now. But they were really hard at the beginning because people get pissed. They're doing their thing. They don't want it to change. And, you know, whatever it is in their personality, again, like getting the thing that they want like yeah. when when people hear like no they're not really happy about it well nobody is i don't no. want to be told no either but we i know that when i tell somebody something and they say no i want to try to be like understanding and respectful mm-hmm. and like i want to do i want them to be the same with me like if i say no yeah then or if be they say no right like oh yeah. Like, that sucks. But that's a huge thing. That first one, the protect your yeses, is all about boundaries. So mm-hmm. if you struggle with that, if you struggle with not saying yes to everyone, getting out of that people-pleasing mode, go back and listen to the Boundaries podcast yes, because mm-hmm. that's a huge part of it. Like, we get a lot of anxiety, as we talked about earlier, uh, from um, taking on other people's stuff. Mm-hmm. And so if you're saying yes to everyone, can you do this for me? Yes. Can Can I talk to you about this? I've been really stressed. And you're like... I'm really stressed too. I don't. I can't really listen to somebody right. else talk about this. But you're like, sure. What's going on? Yeah. Right. You have to think about being really careful who you're saying yes to. Mm-hmm. Is it the people that matter? And is it people that understand how important it is when when you're asking something of someone? Like there are sure. people out there that are just going to ask everybody. Mm-hmm. They're going to ask, 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 ask because they're askers. Mm-hmm. And then there's people that won't. And so when you're not a person that asks a lot, oftentimes the askers will come to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you constantly say yes, you're going to put yourself in a position of for burnout. Well, those are a good match. They are. Not a healthy match. <laughs> They're a good match because like, yeah, you know, you're everybody's sort of like doing mm-hmm. their role. But if you want to change this, you can totally change this about and yourself. And they can become healthy mm-hmm. by both people in that match understanding I want to say yes, but sometimes I have to say no. Yeah. And like, I want to ask and I want you to say yes. Yeah. But sometimes maybe I won't ask or sometimes I will and I'll be okay if you say no. Right. Right. Well, it also allows us to use other resources and to know that sometimes we have to do things for ourselves that we don't want to. So yeah. Another one that's really hard because we basically live on our phones all the time is to have time away from your phone and to actually turn it off. If you struggle with turning it off, putting it in a different room from you, but really trying to get some space away from it for 15 minutes. You know, can you do five minutes? Can Mm -hmm. you do 10 minutes? Can you do 15 minutes to really get away from the things that maybe are creating stress for you in terms of phone calls, texts, emails, people trying to reach you, social media, all that kind of stuff. I want to say I curse the person who invented group text messaging. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's good because there are certain things, but I think that it gets kind of out of control. And here's where I I found this needing to set a boundary for myself is if you are answering people all the time right away, like that's taking up seconds. That's taking up minutes. 
That's like, like you are literally distracting yourself from what you're doing and you're less productive as a result of that. It's also creating anxiety for you because you're setting a precedent that I have to respond yes. immediately. Yes. We are now in a culture where I texted you. Why didn't you answer me? You know, I see that you're active on Facebook. You're actively, I mean, like literally yeah. this happens mm-hmm. all the time. Like I sent you a text message, but I see you're tweeting. I see you posted on Instagram. I know you're on your phone. I know you saw my message. Why aren't you responding? Mm-hmm. Put your phone down. Yes. <laughs> Take a break. I literally, airplane mode has become a thing for me. And I love, love, love it because it allows me to say, no, I've given myself this time and literally eight hours. It's not going to kill you to go to work and have your phone on airplane mode. It's just crazy to me, like how distracting that can be. And yes, sometimes I come back to like maybe one group that I'm, you know, in a group message with and 50 text and I've gotten myself to the point where I can look at those 50 or not and never respond and be like "Mm, yeah yeah." because it's not a big deal no but we give that weight we say well then this person is going to think this if I don't do this and it's just it's a lot a lot of pressure yeah it's a lot of assumptions too yeah so in using those 15 minutes what I obviously I like to meditate yes (laughs) but I don't always like to meditate so I wanted to throw that out there too because sometimes like that's work too to kind of like it's a practice that you're doing but like whether you like to meditate or pray or do yoga or some kind of chanting or moving yeah like use at least 15 minutes a day yes yeah well and we work with people of all walks of life and even if somebody you know the example was given like they don't like to pray because they're not religious but sometimes just like having that conversation with yourself out loud i know you've talked about that oh i talk out loud to myself all the time it's so useful like yes Turn your phone on airplane mode, put it in another room, leave it in your car, in your garage, in your driveway, whatever, and give yourself that time to just connect with you. Like, yeah. it's it's the number one thing, I think. Like, if somebody were, were to say, like, what's one thing I can do in my life, like, maybe a little bit different to create a shift, it will, I promise you, create a shift. Well, and to do this and to th- use that time to be mindful, that's what yeah. all of these things are. So, like, we disconnect through our phone, we get overly involved We disconnect from ourselves through our phone and through lots of other things, but that's a huge thing. So Mm -hmm. if we're able to be mindful for those 5, 10, 15 minutes Mm -hmm. using that, like, even if it's, I want to listen to some music, but Mm -hmm. music that's maybe calming, like instrumental only, things like that, or can I close my eyes and listen to the sounds around me? Mm -hmm. Can I, you know, use my sight and look around and look at my surroundings and really take that in, be present with my body, do some like muscle tension and relaxation. Like you don't have to do anything big. You could just be like, I'm just going to squeeze my hands and then I'm going to let them go and shake them out and Mm -hmm. just do that a couple times and squeeze your feet and let them go and like tighten different parts of your body and just bring yourself back into your body and it, that recentering helps to calm the mind and it helps mm-hmm. to calm any anxiety that you might have going on. Yeah. I find it when teaching meditation, so people aren't allowed to bring their phones. <laughs> That's yeah. a rule. You're not allowed to bring your phone in. So here you are. You've given yourself a half an hour, 45 minutes of time away from your phone. And it's amazing like what the brain does like when you're trying to refocus and center it. Yeah. It's going to think about stuff in the past. It's going to create... like. So again, when you give yourself that time, whether you're stretching or breathing or praying or whatever, take notice of your brain and what is it telling you? Yeah. Like, is it telling you things that aren't necessarily true? Like mm-hmm. saying, oh, I've given myself permission to not answer my emails for half of a day. 
see how that feels. Mm-hmm. Like challenge yourself to feel uncomfortable and that's where you'll see the areas of your life where you can add a little bit more mindfulness. Yeah. Another one that you can do is whether it's spending time with children or acting in a childlike manner. <laughs> see, I like spending time with children because I don't have them. Uh-huh, yeah. So it for me, it kind of brings out of this adult world into yes. like, oh, there's like innocence here and there's fun and there's play and I love to have my niece and nephew and I love being around other people's kids. So that gives like a a worldly shift for me. Yeah. But I can see like a lot of parents are stressed and overwhelmed because they have a lot of kid time. Yes. So are you doing your inner kid work? Like are you having fun like blowing bubbles? Well, Right. And that's the thing is is like are you – if you have children, can you engage with them in play and laughing and being silly? And is there a way for you to connect to your own inner child? Yeah. And that's really the key because Mm -hmm. we get out of our head and we're in the moment. It's like when you go to a mall and you look at the children's play place and you watch the kids, they are totally 100% in it. Mm -hmm. And no one's thinking about anything else. They're not thinking about who they're playing with, what they look like, what's happening next, what happened before. They are 100% in that moment. Mm -hmm. And you'll see it like they'll fall, they'll hurt themselves, they'll cry, they'll need a hug and a kiss, and then boom, it's over. And they're on to the next thing. And being able to tap into that, we move so far away from it that We don't ever stop needing play and needing laughter and silliness, Mm -hmm. but we have a hard time as adults feeling like it's appropriate sometimes. Um, So finding ways to do that, whether it's interacting with kids or interacting with friends and being silly, Mm -hmm. doing things like that, it's really important to incorporate. Going to like a trampoline park or what are those like... Go like a zip line things. Mm -hmm. Just having fun. Have a good time. Yeah. Something that I think is so important is just taking time to get away. Yeah. So for a lot of people, it's like, oh, I only have so much vacation or it's expensive. Like in your mind, looking at maybe the four seasons and giving yourself a getaway every like quarterly. Yeah. And, and like a weekend, yes, a long weekend. An overnight, yeah. anything. Just get out of your daily routine. Get away from your neighborhood. Get away from your city if you can. Yeah. And just like... Have some experiences because there is something about being removed. <laughs> Sometimes, like for me to be away from work, I have to be out of Pittsburgh yeah. because if I'm here, like there's something you can still access it exactly. So give yourself that treat, and you can also like maybe go and visit a friend that's out of town, and then yeah. you're saving some money and not having a place to stay, but like reconnecting. If you if you are able to stay in town, like sometimes for me having staycations mm-hmm. works because that works for me. I can disconnect. And I can then find time for things that I struggle to find time for Mm -hmm. when I'm actively working. So being able to do maybe even a lot of these things that are on this list that we're talking about, you know, in terms of self-care, in terms of catching up on things that I wanted to be binging on, like This Is Us or some other show or, you know, things that I just end up not finding time for choosing not to spend my time on when I'm busy with life and working and kids and all of that. Well, and that also leads to all of these things aren't going to have the same effect on each person. So knowing yourself and trying things and being like, oh, well, that 
that wasn't so bad, but I don't think I'm going to do it again. Or if or, it didn't work one way, like the, the traveling. Like, do you need to travel in a different way? Do you need to get away in a different way? Mm-hmm. Oh, I tried to play at the park with my kids, and it was awful. <laughs> Is there a different way, right? And I think thinking outside of the box and trying to find alternative options is important. Getting curious, what I say to clients all the time is you need to get curious, have options, and do some research. So we have Google. Get yourself on Google. See what's happening in your city. Like, make a whole list. You don't even have to do any of those things. But when you're in this information gathering stage, like, have fun with it. And you can see just how much is out there. And like you said, try it. And if it doesn't work, try something else. Yeah. Uh, Another thing that we can do to really help with our anxiety and prevent some burnout is getting perspective Mm -hmm. and that can look different for everybody. So it might be getting perspective. Yeah. Getting perspective by going to therapy, getting perspective by getting out of your own life, right? Mm -hmm. We, we are constantly bombarded with that. So whether that be, you know, what's going on with your friends, ask them what they're dealing with, or even outside of your comfort circle Mm -hmm. going and, I don't know, volunteering somewhere or accessing a different part of the city that you're in, you know? So again, just realizing that there are things that are bigger than us. It kind of gives this sense of awe Mm -hmm. and appreciation that Mm -hmm. we have. It could just be going to nature even, you know, and like spending time out and like how amazing it is to be surrounded by such beauty and life force right i mean because uh, anxiety is so like it will pull you into this like um like super tight ball yeah and like it too much inside of yourself you know what i mean and it pulls you in yeah (laughs) internally and so when you expand that viewpoint and you said volunteering i think that that's a great thing i mean if you're going to i know parker is our (laughs) therapy dog therapy dog he's so cute and he has more jobs than most people but like (laughs) he goes to hospice he goes to domestic violence shelter he goes to work with kids in foster care he got like so we can do that too and i guarantee you when you're giving to somebody that is going to shift your perspective and not say like my problems, my things don't matter. Nope. It's just... They're still important, but everyone's struggles are important and everyone matters. Absolutely. And again, getting that perspective is really important. So gratitude Yeah, is it really something. connects to yes. the, the perspective too. And I wasn't aware before of like gratitude being a practice. So, yeah. you know, I've tried before and this works for some people like journaling or I just, I can't journal. Can't I don't journal know either. why I tried it. Um, but making like maybe I make a list or, and that also seemed like redundant. Um, so for me, there is an exercise that I do every morning. I'll share it with the listening audience. Perfect. Um, it's called five, three, one, one, I me and the numbers, the, four, like seven, them. eight, Sorry, you five, like three, numbers. one, one. And it will remind me like it keeps me on track. The numbers, I think. Yeah. So five, five deep intentional inhale and exhale mm-hmm. breaths, five, Three, three things that I'm grateful for. So even before getting out of bed, like, oh my gosh, I'm grateful that this is going to be happening today. I'm grateful that this happened yesterday. I'm grateful for this person. Like it can be anything. And I don't, like I said, I don't like writing it down. So five, three things I'm grateful for. One intention, one intention for the day. Like this is something that I want to pay attention to. This is something I want to bring into my life and try to revisit it during the day. One intention and one smile. And even if it's fake. Yep. So you can give yourself a smile and be like, oh, this day is going to be uh, <laughs> great. And it, then maybe you laugh at that. You know, it's yeah. just kind of so. I also breaths. do the mental 
like gratitude because yeah, I don't like writing yeah, it down yeah. necessarily. Well, and that allows you to connect with the thing. Like when you're thinking it, like you're appreciating it. So yeah. that counts. I also, I love to talk out loud. So I say them out loud. It feels to me more intentional when I'm actually vocalizing them. So yeah. I will say out loud, even if it's just like under my breath or a little whisper, I did that. But one of the things that I did, because sometimes I have a hard time remembering to be grateful and show gratitude is I went and got a little gratitude box. They have them everywhere. Yeah. I got mine at Marshall's in the clearance section yeah. and it's this cute little box and I have it on my desk at work. And so inside is these cute little note cards that says I'm grateful for. And it's just like a little tiny card, kind of like the size of a post-it note. I haven't used any yet because I don't <laughs> like to write them down, but it's something that like I could write it down if I wanted to, I could have somebody come in, Hey, write it down. You know, other people can use it, but it's also just like a great reminder. When I see that on the top of the box, it says I'm grateful for. Yeah. And then immediately, like as soon as I see that, I almost start thinking about mm, what am mm -hmm. I grateful for? So even if I am not able to really focus in on a practice that I can do every morning, having something that triggers that thought process can be really helpful. And mm. being grateful for people. So the dollar store by my house, has Hallmark cards now, two for a dollar. And so I stock up. It's because a lot of the Hallmarks went out of business. I know. Yeah. Well, I'm benefiting from this, and so are my friends. Because I think that it's nice to kind of, like, recognize if you know somebody's, everybody's going through something. So if you even think to text a friend and say, hey, I'm thinking about you, or shoot them a quick note or whatever that's a good way to be like hey i'm grateful for you i value our relationship and our friendship so yeah being grateful for people too I think you can also good. write yourself a card yeah that's true because i think a lot of times we don't focus on what are you grateful about yourself mm -hmm. we do focus it's easier to focus on other people so maybe challenge yourself that of those three things one thing is about you one thing is about somebody else one thing is about you know, whatever, yeah. not a person, but like something in somebody's life. Yeah. You know, like I I'm like that really challenging yourself because that's for me, it's really easy to be like, I'm grateful for Christy. I'm grateful for my children. I'm mm -hmm. grateful for my husband done. Right. And that's true, but it is harder for me to identify things that I'm grateful for about myself. Yeah. And that can be a really great process. Yes, definitely. The next thing that's really great is music. I think that we all, realize this so getting music, lost in music is the best <laughs> music yes in listening to music but also singing and creating music so even if you're just singing along to songs the impact that we get from that from the vibration that our vocal cords make stimulating the vagus nerve in our neck sending uh, messages to our brain to release oxytocin it puts us in a calmer more relaxed state so singing humming but also yes listening to music whatever music that you enjoy is going to help yeah. manage and whatever your mood is like sometimes you want to like have aggressive music yes. or work out music or sometimes you just want to be relaxed mm -hmm. music sometimes so. you want to dance it out yeah yeah mm -hmm. that's when i clean yeah so <laughs> okay so next comedy and humor doing whatever it is that makes you laugh there are certain people in my life that I just laugh thinking about them because they're so hilarious. Yeah. Or like movies that are my go-to or finding something on Netflix. Like whatever it is that's going to make you laugh because we could all use a break sometimes. And I remember like we were in college when 9-11 happened and, yeah. you know, everything really shut down. And when Saturday Night Live came back on and, you know, the monologue that they gave of like, we need to connect with each other like through humor and that's okay like if you're going through tragic times in your life it might feel like 
you're discounting your pain if you're trying to get, you know, a quick time out from it. But I assure you that having that time to laugh is really, really healing because, yeah, yeah I think that we keep our, ourselves stuck in pain. Yeah. Even if it's fake laughter, yeah. if you force yourself to laugh, just like Christy said, if you force yourself to smile, even if you don't really feel it, sitting in your car and just like, <laughs> like, and forcing yourself to laugh. Mm-hmm the act of laughter has another kind of like chemical reaction to your brain and to your body. And it can help even for a moment to get you out of some really heavy emotion. Yeah. And so that's something that can really help simplifying everything in your life. We've kind of already touched on things like that. Simplifying your to-do list, Mm -hmm. simplifying the tasks, simplifying commute, you know, communication, being more clear and direct, all that kind of stuff. Simplifying your material possessions. Like that's been a big one for me. Like cleaning stuff out. Yeah. I feel like that's real. That clears my mind when I don't have so many things to take care of. Yeah. Um, minimizing friends and relationships. We have talked about that too, in terms of Um, boundaries and the people in your life that like if you're being drained by too many connections or if you're feeling responsible for others being able to prioritize relationships it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to end relationships right how much time are you spending with people that how much time are are you investing and are they reinvesting in you yes so it needs to be right is it invigorating or is it draining like uh, and you know i know certain people and i have so many clients that are like I just, I look at this person calling me and I'm just like, oh my gosh. And I, that's a, that's a clear sign. I have a client right now and he's hilarious because he was like, and I said, you know, every time I see your name come on my phone, like I just get a pit in my stomach because you are draining me. (laughs) I was like, well, like you said, you don't have to be so cruel with people, but that's useful information to be like, Hey, here are some things maybe you could try. I can't always be your go-to person. Um, And you don't always have to answer your phone. (laughs) No. And what I encourage people to do all the time is to make a list. Make a list of the people that you spend the most time with because just like your diet, what you consume from other people and media and whatever is, you know, equally important. But make a list and be honest with yourself. Like what relationships are no longer serving you or no longer serving you to the level that they were and... um, you know, if somebody really wants to be in your life, they're going to talk to you and use a way to, you know, work it out. I think that it's so easy to be like, oh, yes, I've moved on from this situation. Like, and a lot of it, like we brought up college, like people that I went to college with that I really enjoyed my time in college with them. Like we don't really different place now. Yes. And that's okay. And being okay with that and not personalizing. Well, and like trusting your instinct. One of the things that helped me realize like what those relationships are that I want to be spending time with is in those moments when it's like, Oh, I want to go do something or like, I really want to go to the movies. And you think, who, who do I want to go with? And like mm-hmm. the people that pop into your mind mm-hmm. or those people that you want to reach out to your go-to, like you said, right. like the, the go-to when you get people. good news, the first person that you want to call, yes, the mm-hmm. people you want to tell the people that you want to spend time with t- taking note of those things yeah. that will help exercise and movement. Sometimes I apologize to people for this. I'm sorry, you're going to have to move your body if you want to be feeling good. You do. I mean, and there's millions of ways to do it. And it doesn't have to be like, ugh, this exercise sucks. Like, it should be like fun. It should be relaxed. It should maybe give you community if if you're looking for a community. Or 
solitary time. You know, again, some people enjoy one over the other. Most importantly, it needs to be something that you actually, on some level, like, enjoy, and want to continue yes. doing. Yes. If you view exercise or movement as any form of punishment or something that you have to do, mm-hmm. you're not going to do it, and you're not going to have the same benefits from it. If it's not something that you love, it's n- it's going to add to your anxiety mm-hmm. and stress and burnout potential mm-hmm. instead of helping to alleviate it. Right. But being really honest with if you're not going to do any exercise, then that's going to affect your mental health. Yeah. I promise you that. Like, yeah. It's- you have to move. Even if you're going outside and walking around your house two times. <laughs> yeah. Like literally <laughs> tiny little things, you know, in your house standing and doing having a dance party putting on the music and dancing Mm -hmm. to one or two songs there's your movement it doesn't have to be the way that we think of like organized Mm -hmm. exercise or fitness like now or it could be like i know pittsburgh has the pittsburgh sports league you can Mm -hmm. like join a kickball tournament or like if you're looking to meet people there are plenty of ways to do it and if you're looking to stay the hell away from people (laughs) and just (laughs) have a dance party in your home yes Yes, or take your dog for a walk in the woods or anything like that. And all of these kind of connect to another one, which is like this idea of positive distraction. Yeah. Right. So we negatively distract by disconnecting, right, Mm -hmm. from our body and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So we, but we want to positively distract, which is some of these things that we've been talking about, you know? And so realizing that sometimes we need a break Mm -hmm. from the overthinking and the this and that, and that we don't have to distract in ways that negatively impact us mm-hmm. like going to social media and comparing ourselves to other people right but that we can positively distract ourselves by like spending time in nature and focusing on things that are what we might categorize as positive yeah. or more beneficial to yeah. our overall health definitely <laughs> my favorite is going to the spa yes you can have a home spa you can have like some face cream or whatever or go get a massage i mean we are in need of like caring for our physical bodies. So that is a very important one. Like whether you like getting a pedicure, whether you like going to acupuncture Mm -hmm. or I am so excited for Christmas. I got a float. Have you (gasps) done them? Oh yeah. I've done them multiple times. I'm so so excited. Yeah. So they have these float things now where you can just like apparently float in salt water for an hour. It's basically like the Dead Sea, the, the magnesium content. So they put tons and tons, like thousands of tons of Epsom salt in about 15 inches of water. And so the density of the water replicates the Dead Sea. So you float in oh, the water wonderful. and it's like a thick, heavy float, mm-hmm. but you're also taking in the the um, magnesium, which is super helpful and restorative yeah. and, ma- and stress dealing with stress. So you can do a, a simple spa soak at home by going to your local Rite Aid or CVS or food store. <laughs> and thousands. No, but buying some Epsom salt, yeah. which is quite inexpensive. Mm-hmm. I know like I can get it from Target, like a pretty big bag for like four or five bucks. Oh, and they have like different They have different and, scents yeah. or different things like that. And the muscle relaxer. You can put awesome. as much of that in your bath as you want and you can create your own oh, relaxation. Mm-hmm. And it's so important to take good care of our bodies because we use them every day. Right. <laughs> well, and to be honest, like when I started realizing like I am going to crash and burn if I don't do something yeah. like that was, I had to create a transition between work and home and really honor that. And that's the way that I did it. I would lock myself in the bathroom yep. and be like, nothing else is, you know, going to be distracting and give yourself permission to take a break. Yeah. So whatever it is that helps you relax, there's lots of also 
workshops and things out there and you can come to the meditation studio at the village again giving yourself permission to turn your brain off and not have to be worried about things whatever it is some people like yoga whatever yeah the last thing is kind of just not a thing that we necessarily do as like getting a massage but seeking progress and Mm -hmm. not perfection yeah right coming from a perfectionist who is (laughs) Uh, reformed, well, you're never going a to reformed, arrive. A reformed perfectionist. Right. You're never going to arrive at perfection. Nobody is. And mm-hmm. so if we're trying to do things perfectly, that's going to add to our stress. It's going to make us feel like a failure and it doesn't help us. So reminding yourself, making progress. And progress looks different for everyone. I was just going to say it that. It looks yes. different in any, in any mm-hmm. moment. No, there's no comparison. You can't even compare yourself to yourself. No. Because the progress that you make or the best, you doing your best, it's like the four agreements, right? Always do your best, but your best is going to look different at every given moment. It's the same thing with progress. There are times when you're like, oh my God, look how far I've come. And other times when you feel like you are literally stuck in mud up to your neck and you are barely moving, but you know what? You're still moving. Mm-hmm. That's still progress. It doesn't matter how slow or how fast. Very good. I think we should end there. That's... Okay, awesome. Hey, thanks everybody for listening to Conversations to Connect with Gretchen. And Christy. If you like our show, want more information, and want to connect with us, go to our website at www.conversationstoconnect.com and follow us on Instagram. We hope this episode has given you some useful tips to create meaningful conversations in your life. If you feel like you would benefit from talking to a therapist, one resource is www.psychologytoday.com or you can contact your insurance company. See you next time.